Hi, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Two Drunk Fans. Gab, what are you drinking? Oh, my God. I have totally forgot what I'm drinking. Um, I am drinking, though. Tonight is my night. This is my third drink of the evening. Uh, Heather and Honey by Carlton Ciderworks. Um, it currently is number four on the tap list at uh, the Civic Tap Room. It's delicious. I've been drinking it for a little over a week now, and I think it might be my summertime cider. What are you enjoying? First of all, Heather and Honey sounds like a lesbian interior design firm. Uh, I mean, copyright that shit. <laughs> and second of all, I'm drinking water because it's still pretty warm in Boston. It's not like the South hot. It's like low 90s. Um, and it's 1230 in the morning. It is 12.30 a.m. my time. Uh, so just just water. Um, I'm super sore because I went to softball practice on Monday. I'm sorry, you play softball? I do now, I guess. What jokes do you have about Heather and Honey again? <laughs> it wasn't a joke. It was a like factual assessment of what it sounded like. Are they going to sponsor your softball uniform? I wish. But, okay, what position do you play? It's a little personal to ask, don't you think? I mean, you're coming on the record as to saying that you enjoy softball it was only our first practice i don't think we have positions um i'm certainly not going to be pitcher or catcher you're not going to be the catcher no my knees wouldn't handle it oh yeah they're they're oh. gone Probably, what what order uh, i think we already have batting, a pretty good first baseman order well we didn't have that either we, it was our first practice dude I'm just sometimes people figure that shit out. I haven't played practice. I haven't played any kind of like catching and hitting ball game since grade school either. So it's astonishing I did as well as I did. So you did well. Uh by beginner standards, sure. By actually How about, how about compared to the other people? By actually needing to win standards, there's apparently one other team in the league that takes it super serious. There's like PE teachers on there and shit. So I need to be better. Well, start your I'm not saying I'm like, I'm like Ichiro at bat or anything, but I'm going to try to be. I like that you pulled out Ichiro. He's like an iconic figure in baseball. I would love to model myself after him as a hitter, you know? That... I, I have zero problems with the fact that you picked him out. I just really enjoy that you picked him out, out of baseball. It's a good pick. Anyway. Yeah, that's a good pick. Let's actually talk about soccer, soccer ball, the ball sport that we're interested in for this yeah, podcast. Yeah, I think we just spent more time talking about baseball than we do MLS. I'm fine I with that. It. I'm fine I with that. It. What if our best soccer players played baseball? Anyway. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> and what if our best softball players played soccer? And NWSL, we did pretty good with our predictions, actually. I know. It's like we should go semi-pro. We both racked up crazy points. We didn't talk about... North Carolina doing, you know, what they did to Chicago because... Doing North Carolina things. It fell at a, at a weird time in our recording schedule. But the other four games, Portland, Utah, you predicted a 3-0 win. They won 4-0. It was pretty good. I was pretty satisfied with that. Uh, the thing that I'm not satisfied is that you even got points for predicting a draw. Yeah, because I said it would be 2-2. So I got points I'm for the number super, of goals in the game. I'm super pissed about yeah. that, actually. Oh, yeah. but, that ruined my whole weekend. <laughs> technicalities just, just kidding i had an amazing weekend chicago sky blue i got to score exactly right 3-1 you did and you at least guessed the winner 2-1 i did and then orlando washington again i guessed exactly right 2-1 what did i guess 1-1 one, one. Wow. it looked like it could have been 1-1 one, one actually for I a know, while right so not not terrible 
And then Seattle, Houston, you guessed exactly right, and I also picked the winner. What? Look at us. I think we should have gone to Vegas. You were talking about Vegas a lot in the last episode. We were absolutely talking about Vegas a lot in the last episode. Oh, boy. I gotta practice first. I'll go to Mohegan Sun. I'll go see a Connecticut Sun game. I'll practice at the, like, the little $25 buy-in poker table. Dude, Mohegan Sun is so much fun. I go there, like, my work conference happens there. I'll just get on the little uh, Fungwa bus. All the little Asian ladies take it, the shuttle, back and forth to the casino. Remember that time I flew into Boston and I took the little casino bus? Was it full of, like, little old Asian ladies who were going to play the penny slots? It absolutely was. Yeah. Ever since then, not it has nothing to do with little Asian ladies. It has compl- totally to do with time. But ever since then, I've rented a car and driven. <laughs> yeah, I think because the bus that I'm talking about leaves out of Chinatown. It does. And you have to get from Logan to Chinatown. Getting from Logan into the city that it's supposed to like help you fly out of is embarrassingly difficult. It's... Why is it... Why is it water waterlogged why is it on an island basically and you have to drive under the water gab our poorly planned city is an artifact of a time when like the streets were carved out by cow baths i know dude like your downtown is fucked up and gps doesn't work down there because the buildings are so fucking tall so i never know where i'm driving i'm in boston that's your first mistake driving downtown in boston oh trust me i'm fully aware of all the mistakes i make when i go to boston Love the city. I get hammered every single fucking time. Yeah, well, you'll be back here someday, dummy. Oh, I know. I've already been once this year. So. So, NWSL, some fun results. I mean, do you want to talk about Portland 4, Utah 0? Nah, let's skip over that. You don't? You don't have any feelings about this dumb game and Tobin Heath scoring in the second minute and no in the first minute it was before the 60 oh, second oh, mark okay it was first assisted by Serna Gorsevich who also got a goal right oh my god this game was cathartic this game was religious this game was the game that I want to I want against all once no I want I want more than I want anything in the world right now that's a lie there are other things i want um this match was the match that i want to reflect back on in october and say that was the turning point here's the thing tobin heath goal and an assist Lindsay horan goal and an assist anna maria sarnagorsevich goal and an assist her first goal in providence park that's what you guys have been looking for all season long i think fuck yeah Fuck yeah. I think the, the only real and downside. None of, it, none of it was like a bullshit PK. It was glorious. It was th- glorious. The only downside, obviously, is Midge Purse now out, I think, four to five weeks with her ankle injury because of the, the Matheson challenge on her, the bad one. The bad one. Yeah. So, but... here's, so here's the thing. Okay. Here's the thing that I would like to propose in our alternative world of NWSL reality. I want the disco to levy uh, punishments based on duration of injury. Is that a good or a bad thing? Oh, I think that's a bad thing. Yeah, as soon as it left my mouth, um, I also disagree with it. Yeah. But what if? What if? Let's let's talk about the what if. So so Midge is out for four to five weeks. Mm-hmm. So what if 
then the repercussion was the disco had to take that into account when leveling a Diana Matheson retroactive red card. Right? I've... Like, not saying that DMATH red card was different or punishment or suspension is different than other players. I completely realize that on the heels of the Mega Klingberg thing, like, this seems like I'm making a, a mountain out of a molehill. But what if it were something that the disco took into account? The severity of the injury, I don't think that's a good idea. Because it's so variable. Um, I think you need to look at the actual foul itself. So she got suspended for endangering the safety in a po of an opponent that was determined to be a major game misconduct. And I think that's just what you need to look at. You don't need to look at, well, did she just bruise it or did she actually break it because the act itself regardless of the result was endangering the safety of an opponent because it was a late tackle like i think studs up because what if she had done that right and it's clearly it's still worth a red card but you know midge just was out for the game and then she'll be fine for the next one like or what about players who heal faster or slower than others stuff like mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. so i think that's a bad precedent to set i totally agree and as soon as i said it <laughs> i was like actually you know what no i don't agree with this but i think it's an interesting hypothetical it, it was a good yeah. game overshadowed by this kind of one thing um thought it was great you guys had almost eighteen thousand too in the park right on a friday night mm. that that is one thing it's like midweek games are just killing us this year mm. let's look at the the next kind of so Chicago 3, Sky Blue 1, you look at that and you think, oh, it's only like two goals considering the gap that you would think is between these two teams. But Chicago clearly could have scored at least five or six goals and somehow they didn't. Like Sam Kerr took some time for some reason to like kind of get into the mindset. Um, and we'll talk about maybe why in a minute. But then she scored a hat trick. So... Yeah, like Sam Kerr showed up at some point, but you're totally right. She she hesitated quite a bit. She was off for a good portion of that. And some of it might be calibration, but I think a majority of it's mental. Yeah, they had 10 shots on goal out of 17 shots total. Gross. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's sky blue, and I hate to say it, but, like, sky blue is having a piss-poor season. Piss poor is overstating how bad their season is. Okay, do you just want to dive right in? Because Sam Kerr made some after-game comments that implied maybe part of the reason why Sky Blue is having such a piss poor season. I absolutely. Let's dive in. All right. So you guys might have seen this. Dan Maletta from Equalizer tweeted Sam Kerr's post-game comments. You can probably find them on Equalizer, his uh, Twitter account, the Dan Maletta. But Kerr said... Basically, um, I'm just going to say the girls deserve better and leave it at that. These girls are great girls. They give everything for this club and this league, and they just deserve better. Uh, I scored a hat trick, but I wasn't myself today. I feel sick playing against these girls. And she said she wished she could have taken them all with her to Chicago. Right. I think Sam Kerr didn't say anything specific, but said everything that people, that confirms a lot in my mind. It, it does. And it's one of these things that's like from the outside, you see the potential capital that Sky Blue has. You see some of the players that Sky Blue has and you're, you just, it doesn't, it doesn't look as dire 
from the outside, but then you have Sam Kerr saying this shit and their record and all of that, and you just sit there and go, holy fuck, what is going on in New Jersey? Yeah, I think there were murmurs that when the trade first went through that Kerr had wanted out of Sky Blue. I think she basically confirmed it with those comments. She wanted to leave. And, you know, saying that she wished she could take the girls with her and that they deserve better. And then Sky Blue basically confirmed it with their weird, lukewarm, like, empty promise tweet where they said, like, we hear the fans and we want to do better by you. But then didn't talk about any of the goals that they wanted to achieve or the time frame or really the players. Did you see the statement that they put out? Uh, I did not. Do you want to read it to me? Oh, God. I mean, I wish I don't, didn't have to read it again. But anyway, um, so Sam Kerr said that. And then Cloud9, the supporters group, spoke up because I I feel like they were like, okay, Sam said something. It's time I for us to... That, I read those chain, that chain of events. I did not see the front office come back. They said, we want our supporters to know that your voices are being heard by each of us within Sky Blue FC, and we sincerely appreciate the consistent dedication that you provide our organization. Please continue to hold us accountable as we strive to deliver the best possible product and environment for our players, coaches, staff, and U.S. fans. We know that we must all do better, and it is paramount that we lift each other up as we work towards achieving the same common goals. Hashtag push forward. Wow. Which is, of course, the hashtag that Cloud9 used in their statement. Except Cloud9 right. also included hashtag or get out of the way. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, maybe maybe Sky Blue is going to respond positively to this open criticism. I, I wish, I wish that other support groups had such a healthy, I don't want to say healthy, but I wish other, other support groups, other fan groups, other groups of people who buy tickets to go to games could criticize their front office in such a way I think and get and get a response like that like the front office wants to be held accountable cool write them a letter i i think that this statement by cloud nine was an example of why it's so important for supporters groups to remain as independent as they can of the front office absolutely i'm all for cooperation while the boston armada existed <laughs> um there was Good, pretty good cooperation and communication between us and the front office. Sometimes they would provide us with things too, like uh, flares, you know, and uh, sometimes they were like, well, maybe we could help you with banner supplies or something. But you, you got flares? Yeah, they, no, not uh, smoke, smoke. Oh, not okay. Flares. I was like, wow, I don't think I ever saw flares. No, sorry. They gave uh, that blue smoke that we would pop on the rare occasion that Boston scored a goal. Hey, you guys scored plenty of goals. Don't (laughs) cut yourself short. All right. So little things like that. But I think it's very clear that the front office cannot have any kind of say in the actual running of your group. I fully and a billion percent support that. I think the front office can provide guidelines or like boundaries for what your group can do, Mm -hmm. such as are you allowed smoke? Are you allowed flags? Are you allowed all that? stuff uh i think the front office should enable you to be able to grow the game perhaps offering discounts on your season tickets or something like that but i don't believe that the front office should ever silence you i don't believe the front office should ever censor what you're trying to say unless what you're trying to say is goes against stadium policy right like if the stadium says no swearing 
okay, yeah, then you got to abide by their policy, but they should not be censoring your editorials against either the squad or the organization. And the way that Sky Blue, SC, and Cloud9 have been interacting throughout this should be a something bookmarked by all fans and people who are in sports groups, people that are in fan clubs, people who want to start something. Like, you need to be able to call bullshit on companies that you are a customer of. Exactly. And they need to listen and respond. Your supporters group is exactly the one you want to be calling bullshit on you because they're the ones who are most deeply entrenched in your culture and probably the ones who will be the first to spot problems with what's going on. Exactly. And and supporters are going to they're going to have rose-colored glasses on or, you know, whatever color your team is, they're going to be wearing those glasses and they're always going to complain that we need X player, we're lacking this, we're lacking that. We need better this, we need better that. And you as a service provider or you as a entertainment thing I don't know what to call that a team but you as the provider of the goods and services that these people are consuming needs to listen and either make the decision yeah we're going to do that or no we're not going to do that and you don't have to respond to every fucking thing but I love what's happened between Sky Blue and their front office it's yet to be seen if their front office actually does anything right like yeah. it's yet to be seen if they're going to go out and pursue better players or if they're going to pursue a better uh, coaching staff or better trainers or better this or better that right but at least the front office responds and says keep doing this I think it's a little too late in the season now to implement certain changes. Like, they're stuck at Rutgers, right? They're stuck yeah. with the coaching staff they have, the training staff, whatever. But at the very least, they can get the ball rolling for next season, assuming they still exist next season. That's another thing that we need to talk about, is, like, how long is NWSL going to allow a team to have standards that are subpar, especially in comparison to every other team in the league? I mean, standards are subpar... You talk about, you can talk about Rutgers and your sack and Sky Blue. You can talk about the Seattle Rain and Memorial. You can talk about uh, any non-MLS affiliated team and you can point out shortfalls, right? Like, or you can even point out MLS teams and talk about shortfalls. But when is the league going to say, here are the standards, you have to meet them? They have to at least be implementing standards for new teams and be like, yeah, we know these guys have, you know, subpar standards compared to what we want, but that's what we had to accept at the time in order to get the league started. It's six years later now. If we're not working towards better standards, then why the fuck are we here? So Right. It's, it's, it's the type of thing where, okay, so what if you were to name, let's say, let's say three teams that are not are falling below standard which for whatever reason you you would like to rate them either either coaching staff or uh actual roster or you know facilities like how would you rate them how do you how do you establish what that bar is i think sky blue is obviously one of them um Mm -hmm. Seattle, you can kind of argue because everything that I've heard whenever I spoke to players uh, past and present is that the owners of the rain are very devoted to the team. 
very devoted and they're very invested in player well-being but their facilities are their facilities and it's not like they're going to be able to go play at sea link or something so yeah, there's, there's I, a balance I mean, there it's the only pitch in the league that has football lines on it yeah there's a, there's all there's a balance there and then yeah. for example houston sometimes you know maybe there's a discontent with the coaching or the way the front office because it's um, also run out of dynamo offices. Maybe they don't pay as much as much attention to the women as they should. But at the same time, they do have these great facilities. They have, you know, certain MLS resources. They have BBVA, which is a, a pretty nice stadium. And they live yeah. in a nice town. Like Houston's an, a, an affordable but still actual city city. Stuff like that. So there's a balance. I would say I don't know if I can name three that are on par with Sky Blue. I would definitely say I could name three that I could pick off the top of my head that I'm like, these are problems that need to be addressed. Yeah. I, I agree with all of your three. Okay. I think red stars are doing an okay job. Like the, the stadium isn't in a great location, but it's an MLS stadium. It has all the amenities that you need and squad wise, like <laughs> they're not hurting, <laughs> you know, they're not, they're not this, this spot where players are, are leaving by, any means necessary or refusing to play well i mean we can talk about sofia huerta and Kristen press but right i mean those are those are exceptions right yeah, okay. like they still have banner players they just you can argue that they just haven't been able to find a rhythm due to injury or due to a whole host of things I think some of what we've been talking about ties into, so you and I both saw a tweet that said NWSL leadership is said to have met with USL um, in order to talk about, quote unquote, being absorbed into that league. So leaving alone the logistics of being absorbed by you, I hate that that language, though. I really hate it. Um, I think... You have to look at the other part of that tweet, which is that NWSL is very dissatisfied with the way U.S. soccer runs the league. And I think, you know, we've been new. Like, we knew that. And even if they're just meeting with USL to get some ideas about, like, okay, you guys, with you, USSF, they sanction you, but they're a little more hands-off. So let's look at some best practices for putting some distance between league operations and U.S. soccer. Or if they're meeting with them as, like, leverage over U.S. soccer going, hey, if you don't, like, loosen the reins a little bit, we're going to do something drastic. Um, mm-hmm. Either way, I think it's a pretty big indicator that something's going to have to give there. Yep. I mean, it's an indicator of dissatisfaction, right? And right now, what we know about NWSL is that it's a very small front office and that the ownership group plays a big role in moves and decisions that are made league-wide, right? Mm -hmm. Because they lack the commissioner. They lack that leadership level um, that can help coordinate and disseminate and all that stuff. So, so what this action or this, this gossip or this, you know, whatever it's happening to me is a result of dissatisfied owners and owners who are saying things like, what the fuck U S soccer? Why are you calling my players in? During a rate, like toward the end of the season. Exactly. Let's let's talk about that because it's it's all coming together. Once again, yeah. Dan Laletta, uh, U.S. Women's National Team players are going to get called in for tournament of nations ahead of NWSL July twentieth and twenty first matches. So looking at the calendar, 
The Tournament of Nations was deliberately scheduled in a gap in the NWSL schedule. It's already in a gap. So why are they disrupting games from the 20th and 21st in order to pull them early? Like, if you just let players play the 21st, then 22nd, there's four days before the first Tournament of Nations match. Because U.S. soccer doesn't give a fuck about NWSL. At Children's Mercy Park. We've known this for six years. Right. This is this this is a recurring thing that happens every season. Every season, right before playoffs, U.S. Soccer goes, and we're gonna play some top fifteen in the nation in FIFA. Sorry, not in the nation in FIFA team, and we're gonna need to call out all of the women's national team players for camp. And so, NWSL teams have been scraping by all year now have to figure out okay how do we how do we make this playoff run and finish the season strongly when we're we have you know one foot tied behind our thigh and then someone's probably going to get injured because i mean i don't think obviously u.s soccer is not deliberately injuring these players but it's just probabilities right if you have people in to camp and they play three high-level international games that's three more games than they'd be playing than if they were just, like, staying at home and resting. So the probability right. of injury goes up, and then you get, like, Rose Lavelle and stress on her hamstring and having to come off the bench for Washington still, even though it's two-thirds of the way through the season. Please don't yell at me about Rose, Gab. I know I talk about her too much. No, she's, she's a great example. She's a really good example. You could also talk about uh, a player that gets fewer minutes, but Mitch Purse. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, she got injured. She experienced an ankle injury during women's national team camp. It was something that took weeks to recover from. And, you know, I, I would argue that she had, that injury had a significant impact on the matches that the Thorns had during that time. It's it's weird that U.S. soccer interferes this badly when they made NWSL because they needed the league instead mm-hmm. of players scattering, you know, and not every national team member is going to be able to play for Lyon or PSG or um, Wolfsburg, you know, even mm-hmm. if they go to Sweden, uh, Kristen Press confirmed that the level of competition in Sweden is really not what it used to be. So, you know, unless you manage to get into a top team in Germany Maybe not even in France, because, yeah, you compete against PSG and a couple other teams, but the rest of the schedule, you're blowing teams out 12 nothing. Um, uh-huh. Then, you know, what are you doing? So, like, U.S. soccer admitted they, they needed the league. They needed, they needed it enough to pay all the national team members their salaries. I just don't understand how they don't see what they're doing or why they don't seem to care. I so here's the thing: is it not care or is it prioritize different things? You know what I mean? Like, do they do they? Because I don't think not care is applicable. I think it's just that U.S. soccer has elevated the priority of the women's national team and international play and money grab games and bullshit tournaments and. All of these different things, like U.S. soccer has elevated those things to be this revenue-generating thing 
that they now no longer care. And we'll, we'll see the results of this next year at, in France. But does U.S. soccer actually care about development? Or are they focused on revenue generating? Like, did they realize that, hey, the women's national team is actually contributing to, to our revenue? Hey, our men's national team isn't in the World Cup, and we are at a huge deficit because we were anticipating all of this additional revenue. So we can no longer look at the women's national team as this in these off years, these pre-qualification tournaments or qualifying tournaments as opportunities to grow the squad, grow the bench, grow the pool of players. Now we have to look at these as revenue generating. I think that's a good point. Yeah, you have a great point. The men aren't in the World Cup, so, you know, I, I roll my eyes at some of the friendlies like Chile or whatever, but they need money and they need to stay in the public eye. I mean, but, you you can argue the opposite side, like the tangent I just went on. You can say, we're trying to pump people up for France. We're trying to make people aware that the Women's World Cup is coming up, right? And part of, part of this frustration is I'm almost like pre-frustrated about how World Cup qualifying is going to happen in October, right after the NWSL final happens. So these players aren't going to have an opportunity to take a break. They're going to go, go, go right into camp, right? Well, let's look at the schedule. Uh, NWSL final is September 22nd, and then the mm-hmm. CONCACAF championship starts... October 4th so they get 10-11 days a little under two weeks in between right, final but, but and when is, but when is camp going to start exactly so camp is probably going to start at least at least September 30th probably right. a little bit before that probably a week before the CONCACAF championship starts so maybe September 27th 28th and that gives them a week rest after the final Yep. Although I guess that's only two teams are playing in the final, so North Carolina and someone else. Stop, <laughs> um, it. Stop it. Stop it. At least half the league will have gotten a couple weeks rest because the end of the regular season is September 8th, and then semis 14th through 16th. Mm. I completely side with NWSL trying to find a new governing body. I don't know if the solution is being absorbed by a different group. To me, to be totally honest, and maybe it's the socialists in me that's coming out given this political climate, but why don't the fucking players pool their money and the players, like not necessarily the players association, because I know the players association exists for non-NWSL players, or non, sorry, women's national team players, but like, how much do you think the buyout is? Like, what do you think U.S. soccer values NWSL at? Well, we know what it takes to operate a team roughly for a season. Although I guess that's all, not the greatest indicator of the actual, like, sales and revenue and stuff of the team. Right. Like, to me, it's basically looking at operating costs but also looking at revenue potential for the next, like, five years. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and the other thing is, like, if USL or some other group were to buy the league, is that really what's happening? Are they really buying the league, or are they, like, assuming the responsibility like or something? Like, I, I just, I, 
I kind of understand how teams work. I have no fucking clue how leagues work. I would assume, at least at the top, operational control would shift over to USL offices instead of being run out of US soccer offices in Chicago. Right. But is there a transaction? Or is it really just, okay, so now responsibility, like, here are all my passwords. I also don't like the move in general because I think the optics of it are bad. With respect to USL, because I think a lot of teams in it are, are doing a great job kind of on a more grassroots level of building local soccer communities. I mean, just look at North Carolina. They are second tier league. And the and NWSL is supposed to be the premier tier of women's soccer in the United States. And right. the language absorbed by USL does not... I mean, obviously, I think that's the language that the person who tweeted it used, that they chose to use that. But if that's, you know, in terms of an organizational chart, what actually happens, I think that looks really bad for NWSL. I totally agree. Totally agree. The only positive that I see in the situation is I'm happy that there's not a rich investor who's looking to acquire the league and take advantage of the opportunity and take advantage of the players and marketing and all that stuff. Like, even though this is a rumor, even though this is this is a, a thing that we don't really know what is happening, I'm actually appreciative that the league is talking to another league. Right? Like, I don't know if I would feel the same way if the league was talking to, let's say, MLS. Mm-hmm. But at least the league is talking to somebody who, A, knows how to run a national league, and B, is soccer focused and isn't just trying to say oh lingerie soccer league not that i think it could get there but i'm really happy that if we're having this conversation we're not having this conversation with somebody who wants to put their brand name on the league i i don't think that they're actually looking to get absorbed by usl i think that's probably exaggerating the situation i don't have any information to confirm that that's just my feeling I feel like too many owners have put too much into NWSL to to go through with that. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of MLS partnership, so it's not like they're completely opposed to working with a men's league, but huh? I think they see that as not NWSL becoming an MLS auxiliary, but as MLS owners seeing opportunity and also creating NWSL teams, if that distinction makes a difference. Mm-hmm. If it makes sense, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, things are coming to a head. We're now six seasons in. A lot of structural problems have been exposed, so something's going to have to change. They cannot go another season without a commissioner. They absolutely can't. I, like, hope there's some kind of strike if that happens. That'd be, that'd be fucking fantastic, but... <sighs> don't see that happening? If, if the players are going to strike for anything, it's probably obviously going to be better conditions for themselves and not like, hey, we need a commissioner. Like, I think the players are united enough to basically say, okay, we, we need better organization. Uh, I think the ownership group is doing enough right now to shake, shake up U.S. soccer a little bit. Right? If I'm U.S. soccer and I'm seeing the shit that's going out today, I'm going, hey, guys, what's what's up? 
I heard you were talking to uh, this other person. Um, do I need to know anything? Like, yeah, like, are you got new friends? Are you like Facebook friends? What's... I I heard you posted your resume on LinkedIn. Like, what's that about? Yeah, are you just like shopping to see like what's going on in the world, or is this a thing that I need to be concerned about? Mm-hmm. 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 I think you and I both agree that whatever happens, it happens, you know, for the best and that the league emerges stronger. I I think next year will be interesting because obviously the World Cup is always a good opportunity to leverage. I, I'm just interested in next year and to, to see if, uh, A, they can successfully leverage World Cup hype and B, if they expand. I don't think next year is a good year to expand, but if they find the right ownership group and they want to go in 2019... You know, who's going to turn down money? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. We didn't actually get through all the games. <laughs> uh, let's keep going. Let's get through them all, because I think we already talked about the subjects that we want to talk about. And we included, like, one other that we didn't have on our to-do list. Yeah. So, real quick, Orlando 2, Washington 1. Uh, I what thought did I say? You said 1-1 uh, tie. Damn it. And I guess exactly right, 2 1. God damn it. I mean, to You're be too fair. good at this. <laughs> to be fair to you, for a while, I kind of was like, I think this might actually end 1 1. Because you'll remember, this was a highlight of the weekend. Orlando only broke the tie because Marta went full Marta and not like full Marta from 2018. Full Marta. F- no. Full Marta from like 2008. Yeah, full Marta. So the thing is, is like, I feel kind of bad for the defenders. <sighs> Poor Whitney like, Church. Yikes. I mean, you can feel bad for a defender, but I don't think it's wrong to like professionally say they just weren't up to the task on the night. It's I, it, like, how can they argue with it? There's game film of them not being up to the task on the night. Right. It's not a reflection of their character, like their moral judgment. It's just, look, there's no shame in saying you're a worse soccer player than Marta. Right? You're, if there's no, actually, it might be a badge of honor. It might be a badge of honor and you might get, what if there's like a tattoo that you get to get when Marta schools you? Marta did that to me. Welcome yeah, to Marta the club. did that to me. And that's a tattoo that defenders get when Marta does that to them. If... Marta had done that to me, I'd be, like, pulling up the video on my phone at every single party and be like, look at what this woman did to me. Isn't that Right? That's like your party trick. Yeah. Like, wow. Do you know who this is? Do you know who this is? She fucking laid me on my ass. Isn't this incredible? I look so terrible compared to her. Right? But I'm I'm in the league playing with her. That's how good at soccer I am. Even though I look like shit in this video, in this gif, in this clip. (laughs) <laughs> I'm in her league. We play in the same tier of professional soccer. Right? Like, like I get to play against her three times a year. How wild is it to be able to say you played against Marta like, I, at any point in time? It's fucking wild because Marta has played in the United States and in Sweden and in the United States and probably in Brazil and, like, I'm just thinking of leagues that she's played in, not national team games. Yeah. And it's to say that Marta has scored a goal against you, while it's not like this elite 
club that only like six people are in, it is an elite club because you got to play at her level. Or try anyway. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. You, made, you made the squad. You made varsity to be able to play at her level. And, you know, some, some, some high school football players like hang their hat on that for the rest of their life if mm-hmm. they were able to play at the same level as somebody who fucking wins six Super Bowls. Last game of the weekend, Seattle 3, Houston 1. I thought Houston might actually pull this one out as well. Not necessarily win outright, but, you know, kind of hold Seattle. And then Seattle's like, nah, I don't really like the idea of that. Um, they, yeah, I mean, so so both in Seattle, Houston, Orlando, Washington, in both of those matches, the underdog went on, went to the scoreboard first. And I got super excited. I was like, oh, my God, it's going to be an upset. Because you know how much I love upsets. Yeah. Especially like against both Seattle. Of the, both of the lower tier team, like the lower rate ranked teams went went up first. And I I was super into those matches. And then the you know home teams came back and won and did their shit. And I got less interested. But still. The, the thing about Seattle is... Megan Rapino got a goal. It was a penalty. A nice one, though. Uh, two assists and a yellow card. So she got the trifecta. Which, in hockey, the Gordie Howe hat trick is goal, assist, and a fight. So it's kind of the closest equivalent women's soccer has. But, you know, it, that's, a, that's a full range of life experience, I guess, from Rapino in one game. Uh, near-ish her birthday. Yeah. Short of, um... Like, the goalkeeper getting subbed off, so she has to go in goal, because they're playing with 10, they don't have any subs left, and then if she right. made a block, then that would be, like, the full, full range, but... That would be the full, full range of Megan Rapino. You know how much fun she would fucking have if she had to go into goal for the last, like, eight minutes of the match? Do you really think Seattle would pick Pino to be their emergency goalkeeper if they didn't have any no, subs but, left? No, but but imagine how much fun she would have with that shit. Yeah, that's true. That would like, be a... That's a fun game oh. to play, though, for us later, which is looking at each team, which field player is most likely to do best in goal in an emergency? Or, and, and, or, which player is best, which would do the best, but then I think it's also important to rank which player would have the most fun and be the most chaotic. Because <laughs> I, I think Megan Rapino. so here's what I think Megan Rapino would do. Megan Rapino would fucking take a pass back from her defender and just be a wild attacking keeper. He's like, you can't keep me back here. There's no rule yeah. that says I have to stay in this box. Yeah, exactly. I think she would gladly run over and snatch the gloves and the kit from whoever had it. And she'd be like, no, I'm committed. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. And then she would get a pass back. One pass back. And she'd be like, all right, boom. Bye, bitches. Because <laughs> she wants to be the first NWSL goal scoring keeper substitute midfielder yeah she would um she would take the gloves and then she'd be like all this means is that i can use my hands in this area of the field now right like i can touch you (laughs) all this means is like i am mickey mouse there like she she would actually just play her like left midfield position exactly the same except that if she has to track back she would just pick the ball up in the box right oh amazing i uh, this is a fun game this is better than fifa to me well, we'll I'm having you... more fun playing this game than I do playing FIFA. Well, let you guys... I'm bad at FIFA and I just stomp all the buttons together. Oh, buddy. I don't know how to play video games. Okay. I can play pinball and I can play like 
Simpsons at the arcade. Uh, this is and my call. And that's like the extent of my video games. Vinny, you play Overwatch on PC. That's my that's my jam. I play some other games too, but that's my uh, the one you know that's cooperative. So Overwatch, maybe even Destiny too. We'll let you guys stew on, you know, the whole goalkeeper question. I think it's a pretty fun game. It's probably more fun once you got a couple drinks in you or you're super tired late at night. But Right. This is a productive podcast, dude. I'm I'm down. Do you, I don't mind these things. Do you want to make um, some real quick score predictions? We've got to do it real quick because they're about to kick me out of the patio and I really don't want to go find another bar because then I will be drunk and hungover Okay, tomorrow let's do work. this really, really fast then. So there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. Jesus Christ. North Carolina Courage at home hosting Washington Spirit. Jesus, five to nothing. Oh, North Carolina. Oh, okay. Five to one for North Carolina. Nothing. Uh, five to nothing. Five nothing. Five nothing. Okay, I'm gonna just say four nothing for Washington. No, for for Carolina, but like just four nothing against Washington. Only getting beat by four, I guess, is a result for Washington. I don't know. Okay, you know what? Four one. Sorry. And then the next game is Houston Dash hosting Orlando Pride. Uh, I'll go, go first. Yeah, I went. Yeah. Houston at home, Orlando, but they both played on Saturday. I'll <laughs> say, you know what? Two to one for Houston. I will say zero zero. Oh, okay. Next we have Seattle Rain hosting Utah Royals. <sighs> Breathe through I'm the contractions. With, I'm going with my heart. Okay. And I'm gonna say two to two. My goodness. Two two. Alright. Uh Seattle at home, I will say. Well, Utah is also probably licking their wounds after that that whomping from Portland. I want a, I want a more fun game than that, so I'm going to say 2-1 to one for Seattle, though. Mm. I know. I hate to do it to Utah, but I gotta. That's alright. That's alright. We're late in season. Points don't matter anymore. All nope, right. Nothing's on the line. Don't worry about it. Alright. Sky Blue hosting North Carolina Courage. Oh, boy. I guess I'll go first. Um, yeah. You picked the the big result for North Carolina Washington, but I'm gonna say it's five zero against Sky Blue. Oh God, I'm gonna say Sky Blue's ownership does a thing where they allow IV fluids to players before and after first half. Oh. Um. Ooh, I'm gonna say three to one North Carolina. Ooh, Sky Blue's gonna get one. You know what? They could. They could. Sometimes they they do good stuff. That Dorsey goal by Amanda Frisbee. By Frizz. Wow. I yep. like how you think. All right. Utah hosting Orlando at home. So they're playing in Rio Tinto, the riot. Orlando, I don't think has been at the Rio T yet. Uh, I am going to... Is it my turn or your turn? I think it's your turn to go first. Okay. I am going to say... Uh, two to one, Utah. <gasps> oh, Okay. Guess what? What? Two to one, Utah. Oh, no. This is going to be a blowout the other way. Sorry, Utah. Damn right. it. I'm so sorry, Utah. Chicago hosting Seattle. Uh, Chicago will have gotten the full week of rest while Seattle had the midweek game. And Seattle's traveling to Toyota. So I'll call this actually two nothing for Chicago. One to nothing, Chicago. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. 
Last game, big one, Sunday, July 15th, Portland Thorns hosting Houston Dash. 8 o'clock on a Sunday night in Providence Park. I'm going to predict a nice 3 to nothing win for the uh, girls in red. Okay, I'm going to say 3-1 to one for Portland. I'm sorry, but Houston's going to get one. That's, I mean, I forgive you. Okay. I guess. Okay, so that's seven games, seven predictions. We did so good last week. This week, uh, I think it was I really a fluke. hope we keep the, 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 the jive. The jive? The vibe? Let us Dude! Know. Let us know what your We're score predictions this. are. Yeah, let us know what your score predictions are in the comments or how you feel about Sam Kerr or if you've got a hot, juicy tip on what's going on with Sky Blue FC. Or if you have feelings about front offices and supporters groups or and if, the relationship that they have. Yeah, or if you know a really rich, like, Oprah-level investor who would be willing to take a league on. Who does not make the internet out of telephone jacks or try to send cars into space or insert themselves into rescue operations in thailand yeah we don't need some dude that makes a submarine that doesn't fit into the hole and then just leaves it behind like trash right we need somebody who actually wants to hire you to help run the league